Welcome to the first episode of my show, Real Early. My name is Larry Sternshine. The idea behind Real Early was to talk to my friends about how they became movie geeks. I also wanted to find out if their experiences were similar to my experiences growing up. My history with movies begins at an early age. I have clear memories of going to see Return of the Jedi, E.T., and Tron in cinemas back in 1982. I was five years old. Growing up throughout the 80s in the suburbs was great for my budding love of film because I was lucky enough to have cable television. My parents had everything from HBO to TBS. I was able to see a large variety of films at different times of the day. Eventually, I would start going to the video store in the library to rent VHS tapes. So many movies available to me, it was unreal. Throughout the podcast, I have the pleasure of speaking to friends from different parts of the world to find out what similarities we share and what some of the differences are. America, Canada, Bermuda, and Australia are represented in these initial episodes. For my first episode, I talked to the cinema drunkie himself, Rob Antiquera. I wanted to make sure he was my first guest because he was the first person to ever invite me onto their podcast. We did an episode of the Cinema Drunkies with his co-pilot, Mac the All-Star, about the John Woo classic Hard Target. And I was super nervous about doing it, but Rob assured me it was going to be a lot of fun, and he was right. Rob also makes a great first guest because he grew up in New York City. Not only have there been countless movies filmed in New York, they also have a rich history of movie theaters and classic television stations that many film fans caught their favorite movie on for the first time. I really think you're going to enjoy the show and I encourage everybody to hit the subscribe button to be alerted when new episodes drop. Without further wait, Rob, the Cinema Drunkie, Antiquera. Hey Rob, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, Larry? Oh, you know, just recording my very first podcast. Nice, nice, nice. Glad to so, be a part of it. Oh, you're welcome. So, I want to say it was September of 2020. I got a message from you on Twitter saying, hey, you want to come on my uh, my uh, podcast and talk about a, a John Woo movie? And uh, I got to say, I was really taken aback by it because I was never asked to do like anything like that before. And I actually took me a minute to to actually agree to it because I was just thinking, I don't know, man, who who wants to listen to me talk about anything? But then I realized that, you know, this is fun. And look at me now, my own podcast, and I had to get on you as my very first guest because of me being my first podcast experience was on your show. So I really appreciate you taking the time to to uh, do this with me. So, oh no, no, I, I really appreciate you asking me to come do this with you. Uh, I actually remember that. Yeah, I, th- I believe it was about September 2020 where um. You you actually in actuality as, as as far back as I can remember I think you actually declined to do that appearance because you was like no nah, I don't think I would be good I was like ah oh, it'd be great it'd be fun you know what I'm saying just come on and do it you know and then uh it, it took you a while to come to and then uh you did it and it and it was we had a blast did, did we not oh we had a great time uh, we talked about Heart Target which yes. is one of uh, the best Van Damme movies of all time maybe the best but that's a podcast for another time, but uh, here we are, uh, episode one of my show. And now, Rob, you live in New York, right? Yes. All right. So, how long have you lived in New York for? Uh, all my life. Oh, okay. all, all my life. I um, 
37. I will be 38 at the end of this month, at the time of this recording. Um, I will be 38. Um, and yeah, uh, I've lived here in New York uh, since birth. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I've been to New York once in my life. Uh, so, I'm not that familiar, even though I've watched a ton of shows that took place in New York or took place in New York and filmed in Toronto. Uh, what part are you in? Well, right now I reside in uh, the Bronx. Um, I've been here for quite a few years, about 15, 16 years, maybe, give or take. Um, but uh, I'm actually from Brooklyn. Uh, I was born and raised in Brooklyn. Um, lived there for uh, till I was 18, and then uh, my family moved to Queens, where I stayed for a few years before coming to the Bronx. And yeah. Uh, Brooklyn, though, is the foundation. Um, that's where I became the, the film fan that, uh, you all, you guys all know me to be. Uh, that place bred me into, like, a great, you know, the connoisseur of movies, if I shall say so myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure, yeah. You, you're one of the most knowledgeable movie guys that I know, um, which is saying a lot, since I know a lot of people. Well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. So... When you hear older filmmakers, uh, older film fans, they talk a lot about uh, going to the movie theaters. That's where they got their love of, of cinema from. Uh, when I think of New York, uh, I think of, was it 62nd Street or 26th Street? 42nd 40, Street. 42nd Street. I'm going to have to edit the hell out of this because I don't want to <laughs> sound stupid. But uh, 42nd Street, right? Everyone thinks of 42nd Street. All these great movies um amongst other things that occurs there when we were growing up that really wasn't the same right like you didn't weren't going to 42nd street to watch um genre pictures or anything like that were you no um it actually all started with my dad like my dad he's um see i come from a family of movie fans um my father being a particularly big one uh he was the one going to 42nd street uh, or 40 deuce as we like to call it or the deuce as the older folks <laughs> like to call it and um he would go there all the time to see movies you know the double triple features kung fu features he would go see double features of like bruce lee and sonny chiba and uh you know he would tell me about going to see like jaws when it first came out or um the that what was it the the 70s king kong which jeff bridges oh yeah 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 and i remember him like oh yeah i thought that was the greatest movie ever when i first saw it and then he watches it and he's like it's a big piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, has and, you uh, seen king kong lives oh uh, he has not and okay, uh <laughs> hey i like king kong lives <laughs> if you're gonna see king kong lives you might as well just watch the big hit yeah that is true <laughs> I always, I always felt that that part of the big hit was just like somebody's just trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there's a person that actually, uh, other than me, who actually likes King Kong Lives. They just, uh, they just wanted to be funny and just put that in the script. Like that'd be a funny movie to make this whole big uh, hoopla about in in the movie about fucking King Kong, King Kong Lives and all that. But yeah, well, uh, it reminds I, me real quick that that same thing happens with Ishtar, and apparently. Uh, um, the far side guy, uh, Larson, he mm -hmm. actually apologized to the filmmakers because he's like, I never saw it. I just heard it was bad. So I used that in one of my jokes. 
So. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people. A lot of people. Uh, I, I I know another person who was like that. He made a joke about Ishtar, and then he he took a plane ride, and uh, they showed Ishtar on the plane, and he was like, "Yo, this is actually entertaining. I'm a dick. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually enjoying this." <laughs> All right. So your dad is going to Forty Second Street. He's seeing King Kong remake. He's seeing martial arts movies. Mm-hmm. Um. How did you start becoming a film fan? Well, like your dad's telling you about these movies, but how are you getting to see them? Well, it was all through him. It was all through him. Like he was, he was a big movie going guy. Um, and he, he loved going to the movies and he would uh, a lot of times take me with him. Like some of the times we do like the family thing will be me, him, my mother and my sister. But, uh, most of the time it was just me and him and he take me to see all the movies. He took me to see, um, Bloodsport, which is where I discovered, oh, you know, man. Van Damme. Yeah. Uh, he took me to see, I remember vividly going with him to see, uh, Batman, uh, with Michael Keaton. And, uh, I, I remember that vividly. I remember like those credits coming up, like those iconic credits with Danny Elfman score playing and just being like, mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, he took me to see Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, he took me to see Best of the Best. And that, that that one's a funny story because uh, he clearly wanted to see Best of the Best, but he was like, "Oh, you 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 want to go to the movies with me, kid? You know, <laughs> like yeah." And and uh, like, what movie do you want to see? And I wanted to see The Bear. Like, you remember that movie, The Bear? Yeah, it was like a a live action documentary type of thing. Yeah, was it? it was yeah. like a movie about a bear. Yeah, it was something like that, yeah. And he was like, no, no, we're not going to see that. We're going to see this movie, Best of the Best. <laughs> and uh, it's it funny, too, because um, he ended up not liking Best of the Best. <laughs> he still doesn't like it. He thinks it's a big piece of shit as well. <laughs> and, you know, I, I ended up liking it. And uh, so it, I guess it all worked out for me, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Pop, me and Pop was like the movie buddies. We would go to the movies all the time, like, he took me to see, well, me and my sister to see Terminator 2. Uh, I remember him taking me to see Time Cop, True Lies. Like, like so it's really because of him that I'm the, the uh, I just became a fan of movies anyway, you know, because he's very enthusiastic about them. So sure. I, in turn, became enthusiastic uh, about them as well. And from then on, like, you know, because he had a massive VHS collection. So, you know me wanting to see movies all the time, I would just comb through his VHS collection and just watch movies. And then of course we got cable. So I'd be sitting there watching movies on HBO and Cinemax and Showtime and all that stuff. So it really was like a, you know, he, he literally lit the fire under me to become the, the, the movie guy. So he had a massive VHS collection. Were they once he purchased or was he recording them off of television? He was recording them off of television. Yeah. <laughs> a See, majority, my parents used to do that too. Yeah, majority of them, like there were a couple of purchases, but majority of them were recorded off the television. They were like, you know, the like three movies on one tape. Oh yeah. So yeah, that so, was uh, extended play EP. Yeah, absolutely. So and like they would have the the weirdest combinations like i remember beverly hills cop 2 being on the same tape as monster squad and i think scanners was on that tape as well oh so like yeah, i was just having like just a varied genre like day you know action comedy you know 
horror kid comedy to full on fucking body horror. You know, David Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah. Every uh, young kid needs to grow up on Cronenberg. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, I I fully agree. He obviously recorded off of probably like HBO or TBS or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, but did you also go and rent movies? Um, we did, we did, um, they, they were like, there was a, a local video store around where I grew up called Popo's. uh, you may have heard me and Mac mention Popo's once or twice, a couple times, mm-hmm. um, we mm-hmm. would, we would go there, but, uh, he also, uh, there was a blockbuster that was, uh, quite a couple blocks away, a few blocks, um, it was best to drive there. It was easier to drive than walk. Uh, let me tell you. But um, he 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 liked Blockbuster. Like um, I mean I like Blockbuster too because it had movies, so I really didn't give a shit. But uh, I, I prefer going to Popo's because it was closer. Uh huh. But yeah, but he he would definitely prefer Blockbuster because he thought that their variety was better. And I'm like, little did he know, you know. <laughs> was was Popo's like it was a mom and pop? video yes. store right yes yes what, um, what did it what did it look like on the inside can you remember it uh was um it was uh i was like a standard video store um huh. it, it had about it was it was long it was a long story like you know video stores are big this one was long where it was like um the link was bigger than the width, so it was like it felt like a big ass rectangle. Huh. So like it took forever to get like toward the cashier, but like you could get to the other side of the store like fairly quickly and like maybe like seven, eight steps. You know what I'm saying? I'm exaggerating, but it was just it was like closed in like that. It was just a big ass rectangle. But uh like yeah, they you know, they they had a a very massive horror section, if I remember correctly, Popos did that uh, we used to sit there and and you know just riff through um they also had the adult section where uh me and mac mac discovered uh the italian stallion oh with uh <laughs> with uh, sylvester stallone right yeah 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 and then and then it was hilarious too because we was like yo sylvester stallone's in a porno <laughs> and then and then we went back to to his crib and, and we, we told his mom miss margaret and uh she was like i saw that movie it was good and it's just like oh jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know some of his mom is watching porn i don't think yeah especially a porn starring sylvester stallone you know it's just like that's just the weirdest shit like why would you watch this (laughs) that was the funniest thing about mom and pop stores was they always had their adult video section and i guarantee you that's how they stay in business a lot of times yeah yeah you know that's why i think a lot of people preferred it because you could actually get porn from there like you couldn't get that at blockbuster you know, they they were thoroughly against that shit. You know, they were the, like the family friendly store. Like you guys suck, right? Yeah. So how about how? What? How old are you? Were you under eighteen when you were going to Papa's? Uh, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was, I'm, I'm thinking about. So when I was when I was growing up, you had to get permission to be able to rent like an R rated movie uh, without your parents there. So like my mom just said sure and she wrote a waiver and i could rent whatever i wanted that was available uh were you able to rent r-rated movies at this place even though you technically weren't old enough um see the thing was that i actually looked a lot older than i was um 
so I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I was like 15, 16, but I looked like 18, 19. So um, they weren't even asked. Like, that. that's a, I, I used to get away, you know, get get a lot of stuff, for, you know, for the homies like that. Like, you know, I was able to go into the liquor store and buy booze because, you know, they weren't carding <laughs> me because I looked old enough, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, like uh, I could, you know, if they were like, hey, you can't rent this. You're too young. <laughs> I was the guy to go in there and get stuff like yes, yeah, yes, and Rob in there and like, hey, I'm just I'm I'm renting this dirty movie. Sure, no problem, you know. I, yeah, I'm pretty Anything sure those mom, I'm sure those mom and pop stores though, like they didn't really care. Like if you're like eight years old and you wanted to rent Salo, they're like, well, it's money, so go ahead. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Blockbuster, though, on the other hand, they they kind of frowned upon that kind of stuff because they were corporate, you know. Yeah, I remember one time I tried to buy a copy of um, Die Hard with a Vengeance in Blockbuster, and they refused to sell it to me because they felt I was underage. And I'm like, really, really, and I'm like, I've seen this motherfucker like a hundred thousand times, and I was like, yeah, but it's a rated R movie, we can't sell it to you. Like, get the fuck out of here. I yeah. find I find rated R action movies really strange to me because like like Die Hard with a Vengeance, like if you watch it now, it almost feels PG thirteen. But it was rated R at the time because I guess there's some swearing and some squibs. Yeah. But like it, it, it feels like like when I think of R now, I think of it's got to be like real bad, like real gory, like a lot of swearing with like some really hardcore swears in it. But yeah. like a lot of these these action movies I watch them now, like uh, I think of like um, um, Commando. No, but Commando's not the best example. It cuts a dude's arm off. But like mm. the Running Man, the Running Man, sh- it's like a PG thirteen movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's totally weird. Like, I don't know. That's just something I always think about whenever I see an older action movie. No, yeah, no, I feel, I feel, I feel like I, I just did a podcast where we were talking about uh, um, Red Dawn, mm-hmm. and like Red Dawn, you know, was the first PG thirteen movie ever released, and uh, felt like if Red Dawn was released now, it would get an R rating. Because um, a lot of PG-13 movies now is so sanitized, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know, like... Soldier was PG-13, and that had pretty hardcore action in it. Which one? Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah, 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 But um, that's, like, what PG-13 looks like now. Yeah, that, that's definitely what PG-13 looks like now. Um, with Die Hard with a Vengeance, like, the... the uh, like yeah, I don't think of like really that much like the elevator scene in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Like I could see that's what, like one you know stickler why I would get an R. Basically that huge explosion of blood on the side of his face when he blows the yeah. w- one of the, one of the bad guy's brains out and like just he has that big just splatter just like really engulfs his whole side of his face and like yeah of course it's John McClane he likes to say fuck so it's like you're only allowed one fuck in a pg-13 movie and it can't be in a sexual manner right so like yeah i i could yeah you could definitely see the die hard with adventures getting an r any old way well i do remember they do use a very bad word to describe people oh yeah and like you can't do that in a pg-13 movie unless it's like um like a drama that is aimed towards that audience so they know why you don't want to do stuff like that you know what i mean yeah 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 definitely uh, what was the first genre you went to when you went to a video store um it it depended on my like to this day it depends on my mood 
like when, when if I'm like buying movies, um, it really depends on the mood what I'm really in the mood to watch for that particular you know for the particular day night whatever. If you know, sometimes I go into the store particularly to watch horror, sometimes action. And then there's, you know, there's, you know, the third time, like, you know, the third essence where it's like, eh, whatever I find, you know, uh, I'll just pick up. But it's definitely between action and horror. If I'm going there with a particular mindset of like, of, of genre, it's either action or horror. Sometimes action wins out a lot. Sometimes horror wins out a lot. But um, usually uh, it was those two. It was those two. It was it, it depended on my mood for the day. Yeah, so some of the movies that you rented at the video store, what are what is the title that sticks out that was a film that uh, you love to this day that is a movie that is sort of like the descriptor of, of you as a person um, and what it was like to see it for the first time at home on your, on your television? It wasn't like I, I was there like every weekend. Like you hear people like, oh, I was at the video store every weekend. Like, unfortunately, you know, both parents worked. And, you know, trying to make ends meet. So it was not, not like we could go to the video store all the time. Mm-hmm. So so a lot of movies I watched was, like, on a cable a lot of sure. the time. Um, and uh, cable was the stuff that really kind of brought me up on that. Like, to, to like the person you're talking to now was, like, uh, I, I'd be on, like, Cinemax. Like, and to this day, I... I of like i live the vampire life like i i have just irregular sleeping hours and a lot of times i'm up in the middle of the night just just um watching whatever and that's how i i discovered a lot of movies um especially on cinemax like like because you know cinemax would like show the craziest shit in the middle of the night also um skinemax oh yeah skinemax too like that's how you ever seen that movie in the heat of passion with uh, was it uh, Sally Kirkland and uh, uh did you say uh, uh, Garcia or as Nick Corey as he was billed in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? You play Rod Lane. You know, uh, what? I do know the movie, but I haven't actually seen it. What is it about that movie that sticks out to you? It was it was like a weird like it was like a, a an erotic thriller like it was one of those things that I was entirely too young to have been watching. But you know, there was nobody to stop me in the middle of the night from watching it, so it was just like. Um, you know, knock yourself out, kid. Um, I I always remember like it was you know a kind of like one of those erotic thrillers where there's a killer and uh stalking the 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 guy who's having sex with the the rich lady, and I just remember having the not to spoil it but the the have the weirdest fucking ending where I was just like, what? And I'm like, just to this day, like I'm trying to I remember it clearly. I'm trying to decipher, and I'm just like. I have no idea what the fuck they were going for at the end of that, but um, whatever, you know, the, it is what it is. Um, also, uh, I remember seeing uh, movies like Sorority House Massacre 2. Now, that one's funny because I actually watched that with my sister, and you know, <laughs> and it's like, wow. you know, and you know, it's a Jim Wynorski movie, and you know, you watch, you know, Jim Wynorski movies, you know what they're mm-hmm. known for. Oh, yeah. so, so it's just like, you're know, sitting there watching, you know, this killer killing these these um sorority girls but they're obviously all in their like their late 20s early 30s (laughs) and you know they all got their boobs hanging out and all that stuff and 
watching them get slaughtered and all that stuff. Uh, I also remember seeing, like, in the middle of the night, like, that doll man versus demonic toys. Now, did you see that before you saw either doll man or demonic toys? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I've seen doll man, but I don't even recall if I've ever seen the, the, the original demonic toys. I have it. Um, in a collection, the uh, Full Moon release, where you get uh, Demonic Toys, uh, Dollman versus Demonic Toys, and uh, I think they did Demonic Toys versus Puppet Master. Yeah, it's, you know who's in that? Uh, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Yeah. Which uh, he does that weird gruff voice thing that he liked to do to show that he was an adult. It's oh yeah. Decision, but hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. Well, Corey, Corey Feldman is full of just weird decisions. Uh, uh, you know, saying, what can you say? But, like, yeah, um, if, if, if I had to pick stuff like that, like, the, 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 you know, if I was, plus, if I was going to the video store, I was going, when I was younger, I was going with, you know, the old man. And, sure. and a lot of times he would make the pick. So uh, he, I, I remember one time I went with him and, uh he he saw a bottle rocket and like he saw the cover and it was like, hey, this looks interesting. You know, what I'm saying I'm gonna I'm gonna rent this. And then he took it home and watched it. And he was mad because he was mad like, at bottle rocket. Yeah, he's mad at bottle rocket because he thought it was gonna be like a crime thriller action movie and it's just like <sighs> no. he says it's like a stupid fucking comedy with a bunch of fuck ups and it's like <laughs> you should have read the back of the box, Bob. <laughs> well, well, that was uh, Wes Anderson's first movie and. Yeah. He's not a director that I think of now when I think of gritty crime action films. Yeah, but this was this was before, <laughs> this like, before, and, yeah. yeah, this was before anybody knew who Wes Anderson was. Like, this was definitely before <laughs> Bottle Rocket was definitely before uh, Rushmore. It was but Rushmore definitely set the tone for like the filmmaker we would know him to be, you know, now. Yeah, but like, yeah, like my father made decisions <laughs> like that, or and just. Um, you know, he he uh, he would. I mean, but like going to the video store. That's how a lot of times you know, we rented a lot of tapes. Was just we look at the, a lot of times you just look at the cover. Like this oh, yeah. is a cool cover. Um, I'm I'm gonna gonna check this out. You know, and it's like it's best to read the back of the box to know what you're getting into. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny is um, I love VHS box art. Uh, I think yes, a lot of that stuff is beautiful, but Almost always, the better the box cover, the worse the movie. Almost always is. You yeah, notice that? yeah, because they 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 got to sell the movie to you one way or another, you know. And uh, that was the best way to do it because you yeah. know there was no there was no YouTube like you no know, Twitter, so you couldn't see the trailer. Now that's how they sell the movie to you. They they edit a uh, a badass trailer and then you watch the movie and it's you know fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, like like how many times has it has that happened to us like you know we see the trailer and it's like oh yeah this looks awesome then we watch the movie and we're like oh jesus christ yeah because they show like the cool stuff that happened in one scene for like five seconds yeah and you're like oh so the movie was only cool for five seconds great <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and then like you know and then they put excuse me then they put like a nice song over it and like yeah and you just you're completely sold on it and then you fucking take, you know, you actually watch the movie and then it's, and it sucks. But back then they didn't have that. The, the only way to entice us right. into renting a movie was to fucking uh, it, it capture us, uh, our, our attention with the box art. 
What's the best box art that you can remember seeing? Um, ooh, that's a tough one. I like I like a lot of box art. Um, uh, I always love the 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 cover art of the gate. Um, the the gate always like you know sold me on it. I mean, and 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 it helps too that the gate is an awesome fucking movie. Yes, with the the gate, like I love how the title is basically like you know uh, you know made out to like look like as the actual gate in the movie, like the 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 hole in the ground, and you got the demon hands coming out of it with the red eyes and all that stuff, and the tagline "Pray it's not too late." Like I, I always like that. Um, I always loved the cover art of uh, Phantasm Two. Like, that was that was something that I always remember seeing in the video store, going in there, you know, with the, the tall man holding the, the 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 silver ball, and you see the reflection of Mike and Liz in it, and then like you know the graveyard in the background. I always remember that in the video store. Um, I'm looking at the poster for Phantasm Two right now. It's definitely a uh, iconic poster because i remember it as well and uh i th- i think it's kind of interesting because the tagline is the ball is back yeah and i don't i don't recall if phantasm was necessarily like a huge hit what was was it some, a movie that uh was very successful financially it was it, it actually was like that's one of the like because my father He's not the biggest horror fan in the world. He likes horror, but like it's not some like a genre he would pursue, like unless like you know it was an in- interesting story. Like my father's really into like you know the story. Like how's the story? He always asked me about like if I seen a movie, and like how's the story? So like if if the story's interesting to him, he'll he'll check it out. But he's not just gonna watch any old horror movie. But Phantas- the first Phantasm was something that he really enjoyed and loved. Uh, he, he, he tells me all the time, like, I saw that more than once in the theater. Um, like, yeah, wow. like, you know, he was like, yeah, like, you know, everybody was going crazy for Phantasm in the neighborhood. Like, you know, oh, did you see that movie with the, the fucking ball? It drew your brain. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it did well. Like, for a movie that cost, I believe, 300000 it did couple million dollars i mean it wasn't like the success of something like halloween was it's a wild movie you know like if you remember phantasm it's just like a wild crazy movie you know like batshit insane the the, the ideas that coscarelli came about the, the thing was that uh like you, you had people clamoring for a sequel and coscarelli didn't want to make a sequel and he only came to make phantasm 2 because um his career kind of stalled a bit between Phantasm 1 and 2 because, you know, he went off to do the Beastmaster. And um, that turned into a clusterfuck for him. And then uh, he tried to do Cujo, and he was fired from that, I believe. Uh, he also tried to do... Uh, uh, he was also hired to do Silver Bullet, and he was let go from that. And then he did Survival Quest, which sat on the shelf until uh, after Phantasm 2 came out. That was shot in 86, and it didn't come out until about late 88, early 89, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like, it took him to make Phantasm 2 to get his uh, career on track, back on track, I should say. But you know, uh, yeah, I, no, I think of Coscarelli, I think of Beast, uh, Beastmaster. Now, do you, you ever heard the old joke about TBS being the Beastmaster 
uh, show? Or was it the, the the Beastmaster Station? Yeah, yeah, Beastmaster Station. I was like, what is the S? It can't be Channel. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. That's then, how I that's how I grew up on that movie. Yeah, and uh, uh, they used to show it all the time on HBO to the point where they said HBO stood for "Hey Beastmasters on." <laughs> is that how you saw Beastmaster for the first time? Uh no, I saw it on WPIX Channel Eleven, which um. Which is another thing that is is a place that's channel that's responsible for for the film fan I am today. I um like I said, we couldn't always go to the video store, and then when we did, you know, Pop was making the picks, um, and uh, we couldn't always go to the movies either. Uh, we, we did every now and then, like you know, it wasn't like you know I was missing everything, but uh, it wasn't like I was seeing everything either. You know what I'm saying? So, um, a lot of times it just what, what took care of my movie needs was, uh, my father's tape collection and also television, but, uh, cable, like I said, HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, but also, uh, in New York, um, we had a channel called WPIX channel 11, uh, which is, became the WB 11, which then became the CW 11, but, um, WPIX channel 11 was everything to me it still is because it, it it is a really big part of why i am the film fan i am like they would show uh stuff like um the wraith all the time they would show the wraith the gate uh dolph lundgren's punisher uh they would show avenging force uh, like american ninja they would show like death wish uh three four they show death wish four a lot like there were certain movies that they showed a lot on um that channel, which I, I I just figured the program director who the one who chose the movies to show was just a was just a fan of those movies. Like, yeah, the, you know, actually, uh, I think people have often posted YouTube uh, videos of the promos for that channel of the upcoming movies. Oh yeah, they showed in you know in, in Chicago where I grew up, we had channel sixty six. This is where I discovered martial arts movies uh every, every city had that channel that showed all the cool genre movies mm-hmm. um so it yeah that's definitely like a, a legendary station out there in new york oh yeah yeah it was it was like that was uh i saw like i said dolph lundgren is the punisher for the first time i also saw i come in peace for the first time on that channel and you go into pieces yeah yeah i remember like you know when they would show movies on there, it would be event. I saw uh, Deadly Friend for the first time on that channel. Um, now, uh, here's a question about Deadly Friend. Then, you saw that for the first time on regular TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you end up like renting the like the DVD and then discovering the basketball scene? Oh no, I actually yeah, like because that was of course that was a scene that was always cut out, so I never really knew. <laughs> But no, I had actually uh, acquired the VHS because I, I became a huge fan of it. So when I became old enough so I could start, you know, purchasing my own movies, I that was that was something I I, I purchased and uh, I got to see the, uh, <laughs> the the basketball scene in to full effect. And uh, yeah, that is a that is a favorite scene of mine to this day. <laughs> it's it's uh, a gift that you could just keep watching forever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you know it's just it's a it's a it's a 
I mean, I know it has its detractors, and like you know, rightfully so because um, even Craven himself wasn't too keen on the movie because uh, uh, the the studio may effectively made him turn what was supposed to be like you know uh, a serious. Uh, uh, romantic teen drama, you know, mm-hmm. fanciful, whatever, into a horror movie once they discovered that he was the Wes Craven from Nightmare on Elm Street fame. And they yeah. had had him add scenes like the basketball scene and uh, those dream sequences that make no sense. But I still love that. I still love that movie. I still love that movie. What uh, What was some of your early VHS uh, purchases that you remember? Uh, I, I very much remember... Um, uh, how old was I? I think I was 12, like, um, Christmas 96, I got a VHS player, not a VCR, a VHS player, which means that's all it did, like, you know, for your listeners to explain it, all it did was play movies. It, it, it there was no clock on it, uh, wow. there, there was no, um, uh, like, you know how you could sometimes, like, plug it into, like, watch television channels on it mm-hmm. and do all that stuff. You could do none of that. It was, it just played really? movies. They made yeah. they made just a VHS player. Yes, yes. Huh. It, uh, yeah, and uh, that's what I had, and it was one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, I, I watched so many movies on there, um, and I very much remember like the I got the VHS player, and the movies I got on the tape, you know, to go along with it were Last Man Standing uh, with Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Island of Doctor Moreau with uh, Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer, and uh, James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> Those are three completely different movies. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Which go, which goes to show you like my very tasted movies. <laughs> but that, that should be your like your letterbox top four. It should be like those three and like one other random weird one. Yeah, and then um, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Cause after afterwards, uh, we went to the video store to to buy movies, you know, so I could add to the collection. Like you know, um, if I remember correctly, the first things I actually purchased, you know, move for you know with my own money, uh, was um, I know clearly the the first tape I bought was Nightmare on Elm Street. And uh, um, which 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 my father was happy about because then I could give his uh, copy a rest. Sure. Because I used to watch the shit out of his oh. copy of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, me too. Not yeah. not your not your dad's copy though, like my own copy. But I watched it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, and it was that I actually still have that copy. No, I, I I I don't think it works. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, <laughs> sure. it's been you know I've had that shit for like fucking. To over 20 years now mm-hmm. but um probably going on 30 too because I, I remember buying it around 96 so yeah it's almost going on 30 years i've had that tape so yeah i don't think it really fucking works but it doesn't matter you know it's like the first thing i ever bought you know with the first tape i ever bought with my own money oh, but, yeah, you have to keep that forever yeah and i think i b- believe the other one was the abyss um, James Cameron's uh, underwater epic, which I still think to this day is his best movie. It's a it's a um, an opinion that a lot of people have. I have only seen bits and pieces of Abyss when it's been on TV, including the ending. Oh <laughs> so yeah, I, just, I haven't. I, I you know before Avatar comes out, I should probably uh, sit down and watch the Abyss finally. It's the it's the only one that 
that doesn't get a mention too. Like I remember when Avatar came out, the the first Avatar, and uh, I, I say the first Avatar, like we got like Avatar two, three, four, five, and six, or how many ever we got coming. Yeah. But um, when Avatar came out, they was like from the director of the Terminator, uh, Aliens, uh, Terminator two, True Lies, uh, Titanic, and it's like you motherfuckers left out the abyss. What the fuck? <laughs> And uh, they also left out Piranha too, which makes sense. But still, yeah. Um, the the Abyss was a success, you know. I mean, it wasn't a huge success for him, um, which is you know uh, disappointing. But uh, it was a success, and you know, it did okay. And it, I, I I still think it's, it features two of the you know best performances that he's ever had in any one of his movies and that's ed harris and mary elizabeth master oh i should uh, three three with uh michael bean as well oh, yeah. Mike, oh, yeah. michael bean is fucking fantastic in that movie but yeah um i love the abyss and like yeah uh that one that and nightmare on elm street were the first two movies i ever bought with my own money so my question about the abyss uh, related to vhs is was it the special edition VHS no. that was widescreen and everything, or was it just basic full no. screen abyss? It was a full screen theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. It was it was one of those. Um, what was the remember when 20th Century Fox used to release the VHS 20th Century Fox selections? Yeah, and like you used to have like that like kind of like that burgundy uh, top to it, which say 20th Century fox selections uh it was one of those and it was full screen and it was the theatrical cut so when you're when you're young and you're growing up on tv uh vhs um it's obviously a four three screen you're not getting the full picture technically were you aware of that kind of thing or was it the first time you saw letterbox movie or just like like shocked um letterbox like I remember the first time I seen something in Letterbox was when I bought a copy of Ghostbusters Two, mm-hmm. and remember, like the uh, uh, Columbia TriStar had released movies in Letterbox um, uh, edition, and it was Ghostbusters Two. I think it was Karate Kid Part Three, which which makes sense because I remember having that was uh, a movie that uh, my father. I recorded and sometimes he didn't always record things off of um television sometimes he would borrow movies from his buddies and then he would like copy them off of like you know vcr through vcr oh sure yeah like little trickery there um that's how he got the copy of uh, scarface on a uh, beta we had beta we had a betamax in wow. and, and, and crib that that was another that was another thing that uh uh, brought me up on like movies made me like you know this this movie fan you're talking to was uh like the the, the movies my parents had on on beta like uh they had dawn of the dead on beta wow and uh yeah classic, classic. Yeah, and i remember watching uh dawn of the dead shitload of times on there <laughs> and uh this was this was at, at the point where i was like really getting into horror um so I would like go through like their horror titles and stuff, and like you know they had Nightmare on Elm Street on VHS, they had a uh, Hellraiser on VHS, um, <clears throat> but like they also had like a good selection of stuff on Beta too. They had the first Halloween, they had Dawn of the Dead, like they had all kind of stuff on there. So like yeah, the the that was um, 
that was uh like that was another thing that just added to like you know this whole thing of like you know just being basically being in a in a, in a place where it's just like cinema is all around you mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying you know, uh I- you know so i i i had a wide variety of stuff to watch but um going back to what we were talking about yeah um ghostbusters 2 was actually the first time i discovered uh letterbox and i remember being confused like what the fuck because you know sometimes movies like back in the day like when you buy a vhs like remember how like they used to start in letterbox yeah and then like they would just gradually go into full screen yep and i kept waiting for it to do that and it never did that and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with this (laughs) why is it not going into yeah why is it not going into full screen but i ended up getting accustomed to that um and i actually ended up preferring uh letterbox um my father did not for the longest time he 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 wanted full screen until i had to explain to him like why uh, uh letterbox was uh better than full screen oh yeah cuz cuz he was like remember when they used to release dvds like back in the day they released the the full screen edition or the widescreen edition yeah uh, I actually went to a, a secondhand video store, bought a copy of Dead Bang, brought it home, and then looked on the back and saw that it was full screen. And I was like, I don't even have a full screen TV anymore. Right. <laughs> I bought the wrong version. But that's okay. It's Dead Bang. Yeah. Yeah. It, that is true. I, I don't even think they have a fucking. That, which is a shame that they don't have a, a widescreen version of that movie. They oh, should. They do. I went back. Uh, like a while later, because so not to derail this or anything, but this guy buys a bunch of stuff in bulk somehow. Yeah, and he has like like a hundred copies of Dead Bang. <laughs> so, so somebody out there just like hoarded Dead Bang for like for whatever reason, maybe it was an old video store or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And just he just bought Dead Bang. It's <laughs> weird, but yeah, Dead Bang. So I have a full screen DVD version of it. <laughs> Dead Bang is great though. It's like it's a it's a drunk over the hill Don Johnson fucking up neo Nazis. It's a five star movie to me. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need more movies like that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, we do. But um, yeah, like I remember uh, like being weirded out by that. But uh, as as I you know started seeing more widescreen stuff, I I got to appreciate widescreen watching it stuff on widescreen. And that became my preferred choice to watch movies. My father, like I said, he, he, he for for a long while he was a full screen person. So I remember I I had to put on a copy of Three Hundred to explain to him why widescreen was better. Sure, you, you know, like like look, pop, you see you see how it is. You're getting the whole picture here. If you want full screen, you're just gonna get the square in the middle. You know, and yeah, and those it, big battle sequences are way better when you can see everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And he then he was like, oh. And then, like, of course, he became, you know, a widescreen guy. But, like, yeah, I remember him just hating widescreen letterbox. I remember uh, vividly me and him went to, uh, to go buy copies of uh, Terminator 3 together. And he was abdomen, like, do you got the full screen version? I'm like, Jesus Christ, Pop, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, of uh, full screen and, and widescreen, let me ask you this movie. When did you see Ricochet for the first time? Oh, um, uh, my father acquired, I didn't see that in theaters. Nobody was taking me to see that shit. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I saw it on VHS uh, uh, when he purchased it. Then um, <clears throat> I um, I also I have that um, on DVD, and I also have that on VHS because um, um, after my grandmother passed, I inherited her uh, VHS collection, which is which is another thing too. Like, like I should point out, there were many many avenues I had that you know uh educated me on movies and stuff and my grandmother's vhs collection was another one um because she had a lot of good shit and grandma really liked fucking movies and like if if i was to show you a collection i'm as a matter of fact i recall showing you that i took a picture of her collection i showed it to you and yeah, you was like i remember yeah and i remember you saying what does kicker die <laughs> <laughs> and I and like you know I explained this this movie about the this college campus that's fucking being uh, attacked by you know the 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 females the female students on this college campus is getting uh, attacked by a rapist and they hire a martial arts guy to protect the girls and stuff and yes that's kick or die. Grandma really liked her martial arts movies. She also had the Perfect Weapon and a uh, Night of the Warrior with Lorenzo Lamas. Um. Uh, which is which is which is a weird like kind of like martial arts film noir, but that but it's it's made even weirder that it was written by Thomas Ian Griffith. Oh yeah, he's a prolific writer actually. Yeah, yeah, he's a very good writer too. Like um, uh, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of uh his film Excessive Force, which he also starred in. Yep. Um, I felt like I I still feel like that film would have persevered better had it gotten a better director because the director of that movie is a little bit flavorless um, yeah that's true like like the, the like the shootout sequences are fine but like some of the martial arts sequences are kind of like dull and like the way they're shot because you know thomas Ian griffith is a fantastic martial artist and you know you need a good director with a you know a good cinematographer to showcase that and this guy was just shooting it so blandly yeah um so you know, it's just it was just a real disservice to that movie. But the movie's good in itself because you know it's it's really it's written really well and it's got a great cast. So that 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 movie gets by on that. But yeah, I remember like Grandma, what's Night of the Warrior? Um, and you know she also had uh uh what was it Future Kick with uh Dawn the Dragon Wilson and Ring of Fire. That's where I discovered Dawn the Dragon Wilson. Um. I remember me and Mike having a big conversation about me being a fan of Don the Dragon Wilson, and he just finds him his movies forgettable, even though he finds him to be like a, a great fighter. That his movies like I, I was naming titles that that I love from Don the Dragon Wilson. He was like, I don't know half of these fucking movies. Yeah. So the thing with Don the Dragon Wilson is, uh, he was really in the forefront of the DTV martial arts uh, bloodsport knockoffs. Yes. Uh, his um, Blood Fist, that first one, is a. Uh, I like that movie. Uh, it's definitely trying to do a, a Bloodsport thing, but uh, that was like one of the first movies that kind of took off on that sort of direct-to-video action yeah. market. So, you know, he might not like uh, the movies now, but like you got to give him respect for being that uh, pioneer. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. I actually remember. Um, I didn't remember it at uh, know it at the time, but I re- I, I when because I remember I forgot when I rewatched it, but I rewatched it like maybe like maybe 
10, 12, 15 years ago, Blood Fist. And I remember vividly my father renting it and watching it because I remember like the the stuff happening, particularly when he fights um, uh, the dude on the roof, uh, his roommate, uh, his friend when he gets over there. And uh, it's the same dude from Lethal Weapon that fucking Riggs jumps off the roof with. Oh, really? Yeah. I remember that scene when my father was watching it because I remember there's a scene where Donald Dragon Wilson kicks him in the mouth and there's like a big splurt of blood, chunky blood that comes <laughs> flying out of his mouth. And I remember that vividly seeing that as a kid. Um, like, you know, watching over my dad's shoulder. Because sometimes he he was like, hey, you can't watch this. You know, you got to leave the room and all that stuff. And I remember that particular moment in the movie, like, oh, like, you know, seeing the blood flying out. So then when I rewatched it and I saw that happen, I was like, that's the fucking movie Pop was watching back in the day. It's Blood Fist, you know? But yeah, yeah it's, always, uh, it's always great when you can figure out the movie that you. Yeah, remember. I love I love when that happens. Like, oh, I remember this now, you know. But yeah, uh, Donna Dragon Wilson is was, uh, I would say, an iconic mainstay in DTV action, or in the action as we like to call it. He, oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah um, I was a particularly big fan of his movies, uh, 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 Cyber Tracker One and Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it, Night Hunter, where he played the vampire hunter, um, Red Sun Rising. He fights um, iconic bad guy James Liu. I actually uh, watched that movie a few years ago, and uh, I think it holds up pretty well. I, I like that one. No, yeah, it's really good. It's really, it's really good. You know, it's it's really he he has a lot of fucking good movies in in his repertoire. You know what I'm saying, like Donald Dragon Wilson is. Um, I mean, he's not the most like um, visually exciting movie fighter. You know mm-hmm. why? Because he was an actual fighter, and you know, the, you know, the, the, the problem with uh, actual fighters is compared to like people who train to fight in movies is that you know when you're an actual fighter, you, you train to like be swift and direct with your moves, right? And that stuff doesn't really translate on screen well. You know, in, in movies, you have to be you know slow and telegraphic. You know what I'm saying? Because you have to make the moves look good on screen. You know that that's why you see a lot of times where you know you, you movies about uh, Jet Li where they when he was filming in America they had to tell him to slow down his movements because he was he was looking blurry on screen. Uh, Wesley Snipes as well, yeah, you, you had to happen to him a lot where they're like, yeah, you got to slow down, buddy. You're, you're you're just looking like a fucking blur in the camera, you know. <laughs> so when you think of uh, today, what do you think is the the biggest issue that a person growing up love likes movies or maybe isn't quite into it um what is what is the biggest issue that they're gonna have going forward into getting into different movies and do you have any suggestions that uh there might be in order for people to have that sort of similar experience that we had growing up um, I don't, I don't think it's possible now. I don't, I don't think it's possible for, like, you know, the way we grew up, you know, and like the way we discovered movies. I don't think it's possible because a lot of stuff is front loaded, you know. Like you got all these superhero movies and you know, um, big franchises, and that stuff takes precedent over a lot of the stuff that would have meant more back in the day, you know. Um, 
you see a lot of uh, uh, indie action, director video action, has really has a lot of trouble getting noticed to 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 the point where like you know we always come together to try to you know help at, at least help in the, in our little circle promote these movies and get them known and you know try to you know like hey look you know this movie's out you guys should watch it it's great you know that stuff um that's why i was very happy to uh see that a lot of people you know uh kind of helping to promote uh x that that just came out this weekend at the time of this recording um you know like you know because we everybody talks about like you know nobody supports original horror anymore so like everybody was like yo go see x go see x you know i unfortunately didn't get to see it because i was uh, I, i had tickets to see it on saturday but when i woke up i felt particularly fucking lazy so i said oh i'll just see it uh, I'll, I'll just see it another day because I don't feel like going out today. <laughs> but I'm 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 going to see it because I really want to fucking see it. But um, you know, like people coming together to like help push that so more people would notice it. And uh, it, it, we really didn't have a that problem as, as far as I remember back in the day. Like you know, because stuff got around. Mm-mm. You know, stuff really got around back in the day like especially when i was younger you know you noticed everything like you know imagine the dentist trying to come out now like like nobody's gonna pay attention to the dentist but like everybody knows the fucking dentist like like oh i remember like y'all bring it up to mac and shit my other homeboys and shit and they're like oh yeah the fucking dentist that crazy ass movie like if dentists try to come out now and shit, nobody's gonna be paying attention to that. That's not. That's yeah. definitely. The, that's definitely not getting a theatrical release and shit. And like you, we'd have to do the same thing. Like yo, go see the dentist. You know, you rent the dentist. You know, like you go on Voodoo or Amazon Prime and rent it. You know, isn't that kind of interesting? When we were growing up, we had access to all all these things, but we didn't really have like the internet like it is now. Yes, but we were able to find all these movies. Now we have the internet. It should be technically easier for mm. the, the people, but because there's no longer the like the television viewing habits that people used to have, or 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 um, the video stores that they can go to anymore, it's actually harder now. Yeah, yeah, it it is it is weird. It is weird because it w- it was obviously a lot harder. You know, so like you said, you know, um, you didn't have streaming to help you out. You had to go to the video store and, you know, see, see the cover and, you know, hope it captures your attention. And that's how a lot of times you see movies and show or a lot of like, times like on cable uh, or pay-per-view. Um, and it, it is weird too because it it was like a lot harder to it should seem like it was a lot harder to discover movies but it was a lot it was a lot more of a free time mm-hmm. you know back in those days where it's just like it was easy to discover stuff and you know and movies that nowadays you think that you know would have an easier time is like a lot harder to discover and shit. like a lot of times movies get discovered and shit when you're just flipping through however many movies like one streaming service has you know like like you're going through tubi and you're going through like you know the horror section or the access section and and that's where you're discovering stuff you know what i'm saying like oh like you know 
and 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 that's weird. That, that that's really weird to me, and that's why I was just like, it's it's. I, I don't know if it's possible for anybody to have the kind of um viewing experience that you know a lot of us older guys had back in those days. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just weird. Like you know, back in the day, I remember a lot of the times I discovered action movies. We had uh, action pay per view where it was a channel. It was a pay-per-view channel that just showed action movies sometimes they showed horror movies like i remember uh discovering um a lot of uh pm entertainment movies on action pay-per-view like the Ah, sweeper goat yeah of dtv yes uh you know the sweeper with c thomas howell like (laughs) like the aforementioned cyber tracker one and two uh what's another go with last man standing with jeff wincott um like so, so many fucking awesome movies that, like you know, and stuff that like rivaled the shit we saw on the big screen. Like I remember, um, my girlfriend at the time, I showed her Executive Target with uh, Michael Madsen and Roy Scheider, and mm-hmm. uh, sure, I remember that one. Yeah, and she had never seen it before, and I remember she was like homesick, and I went to work and I put the movie on for her as I left, and when I came home, I was like, "Did you watch that movie?" She said, "Yo, that was good." That, that was good. It was a lot of car chases and explosions. And it's like, yeah, like, you know, that was the sh- shit. Like, you know, like, we really had it all back in those days. We really had it all. Like, you know, nowadays, you know, we look at DTV action and stuff. And, like, you know, a lot of, like, you know, a lot of stuff is just, like, you know, passe. But, you know, there's stuff in there that's really good. And it's just, like, you know, you, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt because, you know, they're struggling with their budget. You know, back then, a PM movie like uh, like Rage with Gary Daniels would have like what a five million dollar budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nowadays, like you know, like a lot of the budgets are like what uh, three hundred thousand. Like some of them will say like five million, but like it would have like Bruce Willis in it, and he took most of that. Yeah. So like the the rest of it would be like eight hundred thousand. I remember um, Frank Grillo was was explaining that when uh. He was he was doing an interview and he was talking about uh, when he made reprisal with Bruce Willis, and he said that you know it says the budget was five million, but like most of that went to Bruce Willis and the production budget was actually like eight hundred thousand, and then it's like now you can understand why the movie came out the way it did, and it's like where where PM Entertainment all that money was on screen, you know yeah. the, the giant explosions, all the cars flying through the air, like that fucking stunt where he like he falls off the 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 building and he's falling down like those are crazy stunts you, you like it, it's hard pressed to find that in a DTV action movie nowadays would would you say that for movies today uh, action movies uh, especially to get the eyeballs would be to make the the production company the star for example a twenty four or um, uh, Bloomhouse, that yeah. sort of thing. Because like I feel like people will see, oh, A24. Um, but if there was just a movie without that production, it might go by them. That is true. That is true. Because you know, um, like you like it's funny too because A24 always gets like come like comparison with, like Marvel studios for some reason because like in their respective fan bases they're the most trustworthy companies like 
uh, everybody, you know, you know, majority everybody loves Marvel movies. You know, I mean, it, it seems like everybody, but you know, there there's your few uh, dissenters right. in there, because um, they trust them. You know, they trust Marvel because Marvel has a proven track record. And same thing with A24, but on a lesser scale and from a, for a different niche audience. And it's like, yeah, I, I could see that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we trusted the shit out of PM Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we trusted the shit out of New Image. Um, it's, uh, well, most people, uh, I, I know New Image for a lot of time, for a lot of part, is not on the same level as in a lot of people's eyes to PM Entertainment. Which is weird because they're the ones that are still continuing business, although they're doing on the Millennium Entertainment. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Avi Lerner and all that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, weird, like, they were the rivals of PM Entertainment. PM Entertainment was the king of the crop, but, you know, New Image is the one that kept going. Um, which is a shame because I would love to have seen, you know, the type of stuff that PM Entertainment could do in, in this day and age. I'm and actually w- surprised that nobody's tried to bring him back. Me, me too. Me too. I, I would love to see like somebody try to revive PM Entertainment or um, uh, Imperial Entertainment. Uh, I know Mike is a huge, huge fan of Imperial mm-hmm. Entertainment. You know, of course they made Nemesis, so uh, they, you know, they, they're 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 good in my book. But uh, yeah, like uh, even even like uh, Image uh, Entertainment, like you know, like the Canadian company that. Did a lot of uh, Jeff Wincott's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what did they do? Uh, did they do uh, Martial Outlaw? I believe. Um, uh, yeah, I and, think so. Yeah, Which is, and, uh, I should know that since it's one of my favorite uh, '90s martial arts movies. Oh yeah, Martial Outlaw is a fucking masterpiece when it comes to uh, DTV action. That that movie's uh-huh. an absolute uh, DTV masterpiece. Also, well, and, uh, uh, Kurt Anderson directed it, so that of course. Of course, Kurt Anderson is, is Kurt Anderson is the DTV goat for me. Like that man made uh, Martial Law Two, uh, Martial Outlaw. He did uh, Open Fire, which is under a bit underrated, but I like that one a lot. You know, Jeff Wincott's uh, take on Die Hard, and um, of course, he's not credited, but uh, he is the actual director of One Man's Justice, aka One Tough Bastard, mm-hmm. with um, Brian Bosworth. Which is a really great fucking action movie. You're, and, you're, uh, you haven't mentioned Bounty Tracker. Oh yeah, which Bounty. is so underrated. FYI, yeah, that is an underrated movie. Yeah, uh, Bounty Tracker is is a really good one as well. Um, definitely one of uh, Lorenzo Lamas's best. Um, I like the the other one he did a uh, a Viper, or as a, as it's also known as Bad Blood. Um, mm-hmm. That was when he was in his ponytail phase. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. He had that ponytail face, like you know, when Lorenzo had the long hair and the ponytail. That's when you know you was getting the good shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Like, I mean, you do have companies now that produce um, uh, majority action picture action pictures, but I don't know if you would consider them trustworthy. Like, what is the EFO? The that, that that produces all those uh what they call them the geezer action movies, um they're the companies oh. that make all like all the stuff with uh, Bruce Willis, uh John Cusack. Um, I don't know that was one production company, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, they're they're the ones that that do all those movies, 
like some some of this, I like some of their stuff, but like yeah, a lot of it is just like oh Jesus, you know. And uh, what was what was that company that that was out a few years ago? Like, I don't know if they're still making movies. Stage Six, they produced a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, they probably are. I think they uh, do all sorts of genre stuff. Yeah, but like yeah, they produce a lot of action stuff. I know they did. Um, what what was it? Uh, uh, Never back down two and three. Mm-hmm. They produced. Yeah, and, it's, part uh, of, it's part of Sony. Yeah, yeah, they like they 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 like produce like the director video stuff for Sony, and um, but yeah, like I I don't know if you would consider those guys trustworthy because and and it's and it and it sucks too because you know you you don't really like because we definitely don't have that thing where you could trust an actor like you know remember back in the day like you know you saw an act a particular actor in the movie and like you, yeah this is going to be the good shit you know what i'm saying yeah there's no no real stars as much as there used to be yeah so then like you know you you had directors but sometimes directors could produce a you know piece of shit you know put out a piece of shit here and there and um and so like like you said you could have the production companies, you know, like back in the day, like we really had it all. We had PM Entertainment, we had New Image, we had Imperial, we had Image, you know, and and they were putting out banger after banger, you know what I'm saying? And now, like, what the fuck do we got? <laughs> what do we got? So we got, we got Marvel and A24. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a different uh, experience, and um, I'm hoping to get on actually some guests who kind of grew up after the VHS uh, video store days and kind mm. of talked to them to see about how they discover uh, cinema growing up because it feels like it's a lot harder now than it was. And um, I think we have so many arguments on Twitter and shit because you, you, you had we, – we're arguing with people who grew up after that era and shit, so they don't know. Not, not the, I, I don't want to be, like, you know, derogatory toward them, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. cinema cinema, no matter how you discover it. But, you know – we we grew up in a different you know atmosphere like you know era however you say and um you know like we found out our movies the hard way but like you know so like you know going forth with these guys who you know who grew up in the streaming era you know and like it's easier for them you know and it's and it's easier for them and it's a lot harder for them you know and and it's weird it's a weird situation and that's why we're always butting heads with these motherfuckers <laughs> well if uh someone's looking to butt heads with uh robin Tequera, where'd uh where would he find you where would they find you of say? of course you could find me at at the cinema, the cinema drunkie on Twitter. Of course, I'm the cinema drunkie. Um, of course, you can find uh, my uh, podcast, the the cinema drunkies, on Twitter at cinema drunkies. Uh, we're on hiatus at the moment um, because I'm working through uh, burnouts. I've suffered particular burnouts at the moment, so I'm just. Taking a little uh, breather before I get back into podcasting. I got some exciting stuff coming up, uh, ideas, uh, really exciting ideas. So I, you know, can't wait to bring that to you. But uh, I'm taking a little bit of vacation at the moment. Uh, just want to give a shout out to my brother from another Mac, the All Star. 
Uh, of course, my co-host on the Cinema Drunkies. You can find him at Mac the All Star on Twitter. And uh, yes, uh, just want to give a big shout out to all our me and Larry's buddies on Twitter, and you know, just our buddies uh, forever. Uh, Mike Scott, of course, from Action for Everyone. Uh, Chris Barreras, uh, Patrick Bartlett. Um, uh, who else am I forgetting, Larry? I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting people, Larry. All of them. Yes, it's all of them. All of them. Matt Asari, uh You know what? I, 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 I thought you said Matt's name, and I, and I was like, no, I did. What the? I, I know. I, I totally didn't what say about, Matt's name. Did you add Chris? Yeah, Chris? I, I, yeah. I mentioned I mentioned Chris. Also, uh, Andy, Andy Gorham. Yeah. Uh, the most positive man in the world. Uh, that man's level of positivity continues to astonish me because in this day and age i don't know how you can remain that positive but god bless him for it because i really fucking need it i really fucking need it because i'd be dull and and, and i'd be dull out there i'd be dull and just fucking broken and here comes andy with his positive energy and i'm just like thank you andy thank you i love that man i love andy yeah we all do we all do yeah but yes those are the places where you can find me awesome well uh thank you for joining me uh on my first ever episode of my show oh of course. technically has no title yet and uh <laughs> well, well well by by the time you listen to this you'll you'll know what it's called absolutely, um, absolutely. But, but thanks for coming no man th- thank you for having me you know uh i really appreciate it you know it's always a blast talking to you larry uh we've had you know we talk all the time um i still i still gotta edit that uh uh, episode of Wrath of State, uh, my other podcast, Wrath of State, which is about the films of Jason Statham, because me and Larry had an incredible conversation in that one. Um, just tell you the truth, I'm just being fucking lazy. <laughs> There's no excuse. There's no excuse. I have, I have, I, I banked a lot of episodes for that show, and uh, I'm just okay. like, I'm just like, uh, I've already, I already started editing the first episode, which of course is with Mike on Lock, Sock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Me and Larry recorded episode for the Transporter, and it's fucking incredible. Uh, I just gotta fine tune it, and uh, I'm just being lazy. But like, you know, it's I okay. Ha- they postponed his last movie anyway, so <laughs> it happens to us all. Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 all good. It's all good. Uh, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it done, and I'll get those episodes out there. That that show is still coming because I know Larry asked me uh, not too long ago, "Is that show actually coming out?" I was like, "Yeah, it is." I'm just fucking lazy. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, fans of cinema aren't lazy and they listen to that podcast and go out there and discover movies and become the movie fans that we are. Absolutely. <laughs>